Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. I am going to be joined by ESPN's Mike Rothstein for today's episode. We are going to be breaking down the Falcons 53-man roster. The Falcons have completed all three of their preseason games. So Mike and I are going to get into who deserves to be on the squad, who may be on the outside looking in. Um, you know, and we approach it from a variety of different angles, but try to touch on every single uh, position on this roster. And it's a very, very competitive cut down this year as he and I will get into. And crucially, you know, having known Mike for for a little bit now, uh, he makes a prediction that I think he is both a very well equipped to make and B is very surprising. Uh, I, I think for him. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So that's what we've got on deck for you today. But first, Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games which are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, guys, let's get into my conversation with Mike Rothstein. I am joined now by ESPN's Mike Rothstein here to break down uh, everything Atlanta Falcons roster cut down. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. I'm just happy that uh, the preseason is over. Obviously, yep. you know, the next few days are really hard for everybody that that operates in the football business, because as I try to remind people over and over again, do not celebrate when somebody gets cut like, oh, I don't know. A gentleman who got cut yesterday, like you can be critical about it. You can say, you know, it was a good move for the Falcons, of which it was. But don't be celebratory about it, because really all you're doing is celebrating somebody being fired. And like, just stop that. I mean, ha- yeah. I always try to liken it to just put yourself in their shoes and how you would feel if someone was celebrating you losing a job. Like and realistically, also you having more than likely your dream end. So just try- my whole thing. And I say it every year, and Will, you've seen me say it this year, although I feel like I've taken more vitriol for it this year than others because of the timing of when I said it, mm-hmm. um, which may or may not have been purposeful, uh, is, you know, just have some empathy and have some humanity here because you're celebrating essentially mass layoffs. Yeah. And I, I, I think that it was awesome that you put that out there. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody should give you crap for that because you know, being in the locker room, talking to these guys, it, it's so easy it, watching on TV, seeing dudes in helmets and just being like, this guy sucks. Good. I'm glad he's gone. Blah, blah, blah. But like, no, they're human beings. Like they're people. Right. You talk to them, you realize that they've worked their asses off to get here and, and they don't want it to go the way that it ends up going if they do get cut. Like, and nobody wants that. Everybody's giving their all and 
everybody here is is working for a dream, like you said. And and yeah, nobody should celebrate the loss of that dream. No, a hundred percent. I had a couple of people say, well, he made X amount of dollars. I'm like, sure, but realize if, if he doesn't play again, that's that's great, but that's not generational wealth right. here. You know, you 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 need to look at it and say, okay, sure, that's a great head start for somebody like a Jalen Mayfield or somebody who is another, you know, a guy who maybe is, um, you know, we'll get into it with cuts, but, you know, like say uh, Javon Gwynn, like, I don't know if Javon Gwynn's going to make this roster. He probably ends up on the practice squad Mm -hmm. if he doesn't. And that's, that's again, some good money, but, you know, say he doesn't for some reason, right? Well, that's it. Like, you know, uh, and that's a good head start for him about the hundred and, Ten or so thousand dollars that he'll get, but if he doesn't get a job anywhere else, like that—that's that's it. Like people forget yeah. that, and the right. average, you know, the average NFL career being three years, and I, I don't know. It always has bothered me, and it bothered me before uh, I started covering the NFL. But you know, you talk to players, you talk to agents, you talk to coaches. No one likes this weekend. Everybody yeah. hates it. it it's, it, but it is a, a necessity of of the business and how it operates every year. Um, so I guess just my thing every year is just having a call for empathy and, and humanity. And just like, you can report on it. You can say, listen, yeah, the Falcons, we can start here. The Falcons sh- should have cut Jalen Mayfield from a merit mm-hmm. perspective. Absolutely. Like they, they made the right decision there, but there's a difference between that and posting something on Twitter of sh- popping champagne. Right. Or, yeah, or a- then coming at me and telling me, oh, I can do whatever I want. I Sure, you can. But all that does is make you look bad. On, on the way to daycare to drop my son off every morning, there's right-hand turn lane. And then there's a middle lane where ever, two like left-hand turn lanes. Everybody flies down that middle lane and then tries at the very end to get in that right-hand turn lane. Even though cars are backed up for like half a mile just waiting in line to like hang right there. And it's all the people that are trying to cut line and get up in the front and just do what they want to do that slows everything down. So the freedom to just like do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, all right. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, Don't I'm tell me you're my, one of these people that's just no, flying no, down and cutting front of me. My finger. No, it is mo- that most states don't understand the zipper philosophy. No, yeah, right. And, and that's the problem. That mm-hmm. like if you're from New York, which I am, you know the zipper. Which is one 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 yes. one. So and if you do it efficiently, you just move. In that line. Yeah, yep. It's your own no. fault for getting in that line. No, 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 no. Because people don't know how to do the zipper philosophy. And but, in that, this. but that, but that's not my problem that you don't know how to do that. Well, <laughs> I know how to do it. I know right, how to do it saying, to live the, long day. The like, people that you're talking about, it, right. the people that you're talking about, are which the is why I yell at the them. I just yell at them in my car. Um, and that's but, fine. And I'm just telling you, I'm one of those people <laughs> because I understand the zipper philosophy. Oh, man. Now, if um, it's very clear, if it's very clear that the zipper is not happening, I will try to inch my way in. I won't go all the way to the front. I'll try to inch my way in where exactly, I can. Exactly. Which is but, like, I'll generally go halfway down and then be like, all right, I'm not, I'm yeah, not going to like stop everybody. People understand the zipper. Like, how is not this not taught in driver's ed, Will? I, I don't know, man. How is this not taught just at, in college? How is this not taught at any point in the education system? Like, just. <laughs> Balancing your checkbook got taught to me. How did merging in, you know, heavy traffic not? I well, uh, this could be a whole other Georgia conversation and podcast that we can we can start a believe in in uh, 
Georgia traffic. podcast. Yeah, we, we started Believe in Traffic podcast that you only listen to in traffic right here on the Believe Network. Hell yeah, let's do it. Um, no, I, I mean, your Jalen Mayfield point is, is right because I think there's a very fine line in saying objectively, did he deserve to, to make this roster based on his performance? No. But does that mean that like we should root for him to again, have his kind of like dream end? No, I, I hope that he ends up somewhere else. I hope he gets another opportunity. I, like I hope for the person and the individual, like he does turn around, turn it around. He just didn't play well enough to make what looks like it should be a very competitive roster because of, of a very competitive camp. So do you have anything else to say on the Jalen Mayfield thing? Yeah, or I mean, listen, we... left, I, I would say the third, fourth tackle spot is probably the, it's not the thinnest spot, but it's maybe the weakest spot. It is, on the yeah. roster, because I would say line, that inside linebacker spot probably the thinnest, and we saw that really over the last week when Caden Ellis wasn't really practicing. Nate Landman gets hurt for a couple of days, and you're just like, from a pure numbers perspective, you're like, hmm, how's this going to really work? But <laughs> uh, you know, from a talent perspective, yeah, that's the spot that to me over the next oh I don't know seventy two hours, seventy two to ninety six hours, it would not shock me if you were. Hearing them look at maybe the trade market, not that I have information there that they are, but right. more looking at cuts, looking at waiver wire claims. And it would not, and we saw it last year because they picked up Chuma Adoga last year in, in this kind of cycle. And mm-hmm. he ended up being on the team. Now he ended up playing guard instead of tackle. But still, the point still remains that that's an area I think that they can definitely look to improve. I personally believe it will be Josh Miles who ends up being their number three tackle. And it, it, I think he would be on the roster and probably be the four tackle if they, they grab somebody else because he, he played all right against Pittsburgh starters. And that's really all you, that like the bar was really low here. Yeah. To, to be the third tackle. And they gave every opportunity for Jalen Mayfield to get it. They basically went out there two weeks ago and said, This job is open. We are giving you a shot, Jalen Mayfield. You need to. Do you earn want it. it. Do you want it? <laughs> he, he did not. And it it just did not go well. You have to wonder. I mean, remember, this is a guy who didn't play at all last year because mm-hmm. of a back injury. As a rookie, he was put in a spot that he was not expecting to be in. You know, he had played half a camp at tackle, and then he moves inside to guard. Josh Andrews, who got released today by the Eagles, got yep. you know ends up getting hurt right after cutdowns. Like it was either that practice that day because the rules were different. And it had cut downs at noon. It was either that practice or it was legitimately the next day. Josh Andrews injures his foot. And Jalen Mayfield, who was going to be a backup that whole year, and maybe backup guard and tackle, ends up being put in that spot. That's a tough spot. And I'll be honest, we talk a lot about quarterbacks, Will, where if they get hit a lot and sacked a lot early in their career, they can start seeing ghosts. We've seen it. On the pro level with David Carr, we've David seen Carr, it on yeah, the pro was, level yeah. with you know Christian Hackenberg. We seen it. I saw it on the college level with Devin Gardner uh, mm. at Michigan, who I still maintain if that if he had any semblance of an offensive line would be a quarterback in the NFL right now. And I think we saw that with Jalen Mayfield, where it just destroyed his confidence, and that's really hard to get back once you've lost it. And you know, it, it just to you know, I think it was. To me, it was sealed when he just got got run run around. Well, it was that sack, that right? Pittsburgh. It was it was just totally that missed because, like you yeah. you talked about him not being out there on the field last year, but to me, like that was a mental rep. 
that's just a, an alignment. Before the snap, you see, okay, I've got a guy kind of just shaded outside of my shoulder and another guy outside of the tight end. They both come. You got to go the inside man first. Like you've got a man yeah. right there. That's your pet. You're, the back is going to pick up that outside guy. And, and you just saw him kind of have that mental hiccup where he, he went for the wrong guy and then kind of realized it a half second too late. And it's like in yeah. year three, even though you didn't play last year, like you got to know that. That's just basic well, and it's, one stuff. And it's more your natural position where you played in college. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. just it just became very clear it was not working. I, I would say probably about really after that Cincinnati game, it became pretty clear to me when they immediately moved him back down to the third team, that practice right after Cincinnati that yeah. Cincinnati game. That to me told me, yep, like I I have a running the way I do this is just to make my life easier when I have to put out the one set of cutdowns I do. In, mm-hmm. in the preseason uh, or, you know, at this time, because I don't do them every week. Uh, now, um, I, at that point, I had moved him off of the 53 because I was like, you know what? If they felt like he was still going to be there, they would have moved him. If they wanted to give Josh Miles that real shot, they would have moved him to the right tackle and had him rolling with the second team on the right t- at right tackle. They were not going to, you know, they wouldn't have moved him all the way down to the second field. So that, that at that point, uh, was was kind of it. The other guys that they cut um, so far, and we're talking on Sunday morning here, mm-hmm. Delonte Scott, Justin Ellis, um, and... Bless Austin. And, yeah, Bless Austin. Not surprised on any of those. I mean, Bless Austin didn't even play in the last preseason game. He, who knows, maybe he was dealing with something. Uh, and then Justin Ellis and uh, Delonte Scott never really kind of got going. Uh, yeah. you know, Justin Ellis, I think was probably the bigger surprise of that because he's a 10 year vet, but he never really got off the second field, never really got until it's a deep defensive line rotation. And, and it was a competitive, yeah, they had some tough cuts there. That was one of my toughest position groups when I was doing the cut. Down. So let's start right there. Like what, what have, what have you seen from the defense line? Cause obviously I feel like we've got like a clear kind of maybe five and then behind that, that's when I think you start really getting into that I mix. I think it's six. I really okay. do. I know some people have questions. I you know because I've, I look at everybody's cutdowns, and I know there are some questions about Timmy Horn. Mm-hmm. But I really Timmy like Horn, Timmy Horn. Yeah, I like Timmy Horn a lot. But beyond that, he's like your backup nose, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a bigger guy. He's a space eater. Now maybe you feel like okay, you could probably get him through and put him on the practice squad if you need to. But I, I get the sense that they want that bigger type of body that runs stuffer. Played well last year at points. Uh, definitely developing him. Now, what happens is you have to ask yourself, okay, do you go six? Do you go seven? And, and that's, or do you go eight? Because I think they have mm-hmm. eight guys that you can really make a case for uh, on the roster. And it, it's going to be a really difficult cut. And listen, it's possible they, they, they move on from Timmy Horn. I imagine if he cleared waivers, he would end up on their practice squad because they definitely like him. It's just a matter of of what those numbers are. I mean, the five that we're talking about that are definitive locks are obviously Calais Campbell, David Omignata, yep. uh, which Brady. at some point I'm going to pronounce his name right, uh, Greg <laughs> Jarrett, Paquan. Zach Harrison, and um, who am I blanking out on? Um, Camp Brain is, is showing up. Taquan Graham? Is, no, is that- no, no, no. We're going to get to him in a second. Okay, good. Um, wow, I can't believe I'm blanking out. Oh, I think Albert Huggins is on this team. Okay. You know, I, I, and listen, you can make the argument that maybe Albert Huggins is not, but I think Albert Huggins has done enough. He's been with that second unit the entire time. I, I think they like what he is. Plus, he's a, a Ryan Nielsen guy. 
mm-hmm. and and that might break a tie. Uh, but again, maybe I'm wrong there. Uh, but then you're talking about Taquan Graham, Joe Gaziano, Timmy Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing with Taquan Graham. You know this, Will. You've covered the, the league for long enough. If a guy's playing in the second half of the third, what used to be fourth preseason game, there are, are questions that you should have about his chance on the roster. I've, and I've Taquan, had these questions about Arnold Ebicady the whole time as well. Well, uh, we'll get to that too. But Taquan Graham was playing a lot there. And it's not like for Arnold Ebicady, it was as much a numbers issue. As mm-hmm. anything else, because they only have once Ade got hurt, they only have four outside linebackers. Yeah, and you're not and playing. And you're not going to play yeah. Bud Dupree or Lorenzo, Lorenzo Carter all that much because right. those are your starters. And, and Zoe's also playing a little bit down. So you want to get Ebikete and Malone as many reps as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't you know. Is it possible? That I, but I, I mean, well, that's, that's kind of where I landed as well. I was just, as I was thinking it out, I was like, yeah, the numbers are a little thin. So maybe this is an opportunity to get a younger guy, like some good and boost his confidence. Kind of like the opposite of that Mayfield situation where you're going up against maybe some lesser. And we saw late in these preseason games, he started generating a lot of pressure. So I'm not worried about it, Katie. Yeah, no, but the other thing with it too, is the other guys, they might run in that spot. Caden Ellis, well, you're not going to, have reps for him there because you start when you're starting inside linebackers. Michael Walker was one of those guys, and you opted mm-hmm. to move on from him sooner than later. Yep. So all of a sudden, your numbers got thin there. I mean, I guess they could have run like a Joe Ginta uh, out there, um, or, or tried some some other guys there. But at that point, why not just try and get the reps? It was mm-hmm. it did raise my eyebrows, but it was also very consistent. They were doing that every game. Right, exactly. So that wasn't a, a like, okay. Like, to me, the Taquan Graham situation, I do, at the end of the day, he was on my 53. I think they keep him. But I would not sit here and be absolutely floored if they don't. I think um, a lot of people would be. I think a lot of people would be as well. I'm just saying, you pay. I've, I've done this long enough to pay attention to how these things go. Mm-hmm. Like I'll tell you, during the pre the last preseason game, I made three changes to my fifty my the fifty three that published right after because of how I saw things and what I know about cover, from covering the league. And listen, I can be absolutely wrong. These this is these are some very difficult cuts. Like I think at the end of the day, they'll keep Taquan Graham over Joe Gaziano, but Joe Gaziano was running with that with that number two unit all camp for a good portion of camp where Taquan Graham was kind of not necessarily. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's probably why they keep seven or eight. Um, and I mm-hmm. can see them honestly keeping eight or keeping seven to start and then bringing an eighth back. Um, it, it will be really interesting to see how, how that goes. I've been impressed with Joe Gaziano. Um, again, I like it would, given the way that Taquan Graham played at, at times last year, like, you saw the flashes in, in the moments that, that matter. But yeah, like it's very telling given the level of competition on this defensive line, given Ryan Nielsen's background and, and what he really prefers. Like there could be a lot up in the air. What can you tell me about uh, LaCale London? Is he going to make a practice squad at all? He's been uh, my guy. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, still, yeah. listen, right now, if you were still around, like if you're still on the team again, I'll be going to practice in a few hours here, probably this podcast will be out after that. But mm-hmm. if you're yeah, if you're still time. hanging around today, 
you have a good shot of at least maybe getting a practice squad spot. Um, if you're, you know, if they make some more cuts today and then you're still around Monday, then I think you've got even a better shot. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's possible. You know, but <laughs> I just it, but enjoyed it, watching it so much. <laughs> no, but a part of this, right, is um, part of this comes down to numbers. Because yeah. if you keep eight defensive linemen, I don't know if you want to have more than one defensive lineman on, on your practice squad. But if you keep six or seven, that's a different conversation. It, it all comes down to numbers and, and kind of what you need at a specific time and whether or not you want him to be a, a true developmental player um, on your practice squad. Now, I think there are a couple of guys that I, you know will be, I would say, surefire practice squad. Like I'll tell you this. Uh, Damone Harris to me is a guy who very well should be a, a practice squad player. I thought he played really well in that third preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you go from there, but again, you never know how this will go. I, that defensive line grouping will be one that, um, I probably will be making a few more calls on than I thought I would, um, in terms of guys that you thought might've been on the team again, like it's Juan Graham, like a Timmy Horn at the beginning of camp thought both of those guys would pretty much be there and now you know i'll definitely have to be reaching out to some people the next few days to kind of get a better sense and it'll be really interesting to see what that's like but again i I do end up thinking both those guys end up on the team and and joe gaziano ends up being the odd player out but it would not shock me if it goes in any any of those directions if let's say they they go seven or eight deep on, on that defensive line. Like, where do you think some of those other positions, like where, where do those spots come from? Could it be, all right, if C. Alford has locked up that, that kind of punt returner job, then maybe that's an extra spot that's opened up because you're not having to bring in a special guy. Like, where do you see yeah. the math working out there? Well, so, you know, the, the, that third quarterback spot will be really interesting. And I, I've gotten what I believe is some clarity on what has not been a clearly defined rule, which is, if the third quarterback is on your 53-man roster, you can have him as an emergency. Now, I will also argue, if you're down your third quarterback, you're probably not winning that game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but that ends up being an interesting question. Now, my understanding is that quarterback just has to be on your 53 by Saturday. So it's not like you need him to be on the 53 by the end of the season. It's not like yeah. he even necessarily needs to be on it by like the Wednesday in order to get the game checked for the week. Um, so to me, that's where I don't know if you need to keep Logan Woodside right now. Right. Like you yeah. can cut Logan Woodside right now. Tell him, hang around. You're coming back. We're going to put you on the practice squad. And more likely than not, you end up on the 53 at some point here early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would not shock me at all because at that point, you, because you have such a competitive roster, that it's a, but Logan Woodside might've done enough to earn that spot. It, it will be, that, you know, that would be an interesting conversation. Um, I think one of the things that helps is the one of the other teams he, he has such familiarity with, Tennessee, has three quarterbacks already that you know they're going to hold on to. So you're not looking and saying, okay, they're going to maybe poach him back, right? Yeah. Um, so that's one area that you can say that they're looking at. Um, tight end, offensive line, those are also interesting questions for reasons that we talked about. Uh, this would be an opportune year, except they can't do it because Liam McCullough is gonna, would have to, Liam McCullough would have to go through waivers. But if you remember a couple of years ago, they cut Josh Harris mm-hmm. and they knew they were bringing Josh Harris back. It's just, Hey, 
we got to cut you until you can do the, the IR situation. And then you're coming right back as the, the roster machinations go. So I don't know where that would go if they went with eight. Um, it, you know, I, I would say it would, I mean, maybe, maybe outside linebacker if you're doing that, um, which to me then would, I don't, again, I don't, I, I think they have too much invested in D'Angelo Malone and Arnold Rebiquete as, as draft picks and only in the second year that they mm-hmm. would do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that would be a big about face. <laughs> to that just would, like... it, it would be very, now they're all about meritocracy and, and they've shown mm-hmm. it because there are other staffs that would have kept Jalen Mayfield around for another year, you yeah. know, on, on a hope and a prayer. And I think Michael but, Walker, that, that was also a sign for hey, like, right. Yeah, yeah. But Michael Walker, the other thing is Michael Walker was not going to be a starter. And that was very, made very clear, very fast. For and, sure. And but now there's Jalen Mayfield. No, but they were never able to find, but remember, Walker wasn't their guy. They didn't draft right, Walker. Right. And, right. and the other part is Walker's in a contract year, and you've never been able to figure out where he fits. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the writing on the wall for Michael Walker honestly came last year because what people forget is toward the end of last year, he was not their main guy. And he, yeah, at linebacker yeah. opposite Rashawn Evans, you know, it was Troy Anderson. And mm-hmm. the second that that happened, Told you all you need. And then they signed Kate and Ellis and make it clear yep. that Ellis is more of an inside guy than an outside guy. That, that told me all I needed to know about Mike Walker. And then they just were trying to figure out a place for him early in camp. I remember talking yeah. to him like the third day of camp and I asked him, so what, do you know where you're playing? Like what you're, and he's like, no, still figuring <laughs> that out. And I'm like, whoo. That's not what you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the answer to that question is, I, I don't know, but there are a lot of interesting roster conversations with this team, right? Like these could happen at running, could come at running back too. Do they keep five, including Keith Smith? Or do they only keep four, including Keith Smith? Because I imagine mm-hmm. they're going to keep a fullback and, and it will be Keith Smith because of his work on special teams as well. Um, that ends up being a question and that could come down to Cordero Patterson's health too. So there are all these little spots that, you know, that's an area that they could get it. Get get a yeah. guy back too, because then you've got you can probably slip Godwin, Godwin through and put Godwin, for instance, on your practice squad, and then mm-hmm. elevate him if Cordero's not ready. You know, so you you can you can kind of play around like that a little bit, which people forget. I had Godwin on my fifty three. Um, I thought he played well enough to to do yeah, that. I think he's done a good enough job. Um, I do. I kind of find it a little bit funny how on on the one hand you have so many people like immediately lambasting the uh Bajan Robinson pick because they're like why would you take a running back in the in the top 10 and then when uh Godwin Igwebuke like does really well they're like this guy's a stud let's he's got to be on the 53 and it's like you can't kind of have both things you can't be like the running back is responsible but also you don't need a good running back cuz the offensive line is just hey, I mean listen, this, 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 <laughs> you 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 had Arthur Smith on your podcast recently you know this like they don't view Bijan. Sorry, it's not Bijan. It's Bijan. I'm getting. I know, I'm struggling with it as well. Bajon, yeah. they, you don't. You don't draft Bijan Robinson to be a running back. He is an offensive option. Yeah. I've been calling him this since the. He's day a flex day. player. He's a flex player. I have a draft. Yeah. I have a fantasy draft in two hours. He's a flex player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, but that's seriously. He, if he, I would not be surprised if he ends up starting in the slot for them. Mm-hmm. Especially with Kadero Hodge being being hurt, I've, we don't know when he'll be back. I like to compare him to, and I want to get to the Daryl Hodge thing in one second, but I like to compare uh, Bajan to Debo Samuel, not in terms yeah. of the type of player that they are, but just like in the way I think they're going to be used. That's fair. I, I, I would, I would, I've 
said, I think he's a larger Darren Sproles in terms yeah. of how he could be used. A larger, more talented Darren Sproles. And that's no knock on Darren Sproles, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darren Sproles is fantastic. If Falcons fans are very familiar with Darren Sproles. <laughs> right. But I'm saying if he's, if he's 125% Darren Sproles, and I think he mm-hmm. could be more than that. I mean, I've gone on the radio, so I will say this. If, if Bajan Robinson stays healthy throughout his career, I think his career ends in a jacket. Wow. Now, what yeah. color jacket that is, red or gold, is we can debate that, but that's how good I think he he can be. Now, and I don't say that. I mean, I've I've said this. I've watched a lot of football. I covered the Lions for eight years. I think everybody knows this. That probably this is your podcast. I, I've seen very few guys that you watch them every day in practice, and you're like, oh, okay. And the last guy I can say that I said that every day about was uh, was Calvin. You mean yeah. Calvin Johnson? So the, that talent level is that high. Now, it all comes down to health and usage, but I think I'll get used in a way that that accentuates that talent here. But it's all it all comes down to health for him. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you with uh, Bajan. I, I mean, it was very apparent from day one. Just like, yep, this dude's talent is is legit. Um, but let's talk about receiver really quick, because sure. I think that was a a big um, position that a lot of people were looking at coming into training camp. I know I like before camp started, thought that they needed to add another receiver. Since then, I've totally rescinded that because, you know, like Arthur Smith has, what, 15 times been like wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end one, tight end two. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. These are all just like a group of versatile weapons that we have. Um, But how do you see that playing out? Is that a position where, you know, like we're going to see kind of the normal allotment of players at that position? Or do you think that shrinks as well? Uh, I mean, here, here's part of the question. When does Kadero Hodge come back? Or when do they think he's going to come back? Obviously, he's going to be on the 53, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't. But do they then put him on IR? Or do they think he'll get back in a week or two? You know, I mean, th- those are questions. Jeff Okuda, Kadero Hodge. Yep. I would argue maybe Cordero Patterson, although the way Arthur Smith answered that yeah, on Saturday made me think that Cordero won't be part of that. You know, so you've got a group of, of a few players there. Like if they kept Cornell Armstrong, does Cornell Armstrong end up on that in that situation? Um, we we shall see how a lot of that goes, right? Uh, Mike Hughes, does Mike Hughes end up in that situation? Mm-hmm. Mike Hughes is a really interesting thing altogether, I think. But uh, when we're talking about that at receiver, I mean, to me, it's Drake London, Matt Collins, Kadero Hodge, Scotty Miller. I kept Josh Ali on the 53 because I, I think he gives you some special teams value and he has a rapport with Desmond Ritter. And he'd been running in that first team area all camp. Mm-hmm. Like he'd been with that group. Now, so was Frank Darby, but Frank Darby got hurt. And this is probably where Frank Darby would have been, yeah. I imagine, based off of how he was playing, you know, if, if he hadn't gotten injured. So it, to me, it's between Josh Ali and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. For, for okay. what they might do there. Uh, and I would keep... No name alone or anything like that? I mean, here's the thing, right? What have they done to truly stand out to, to make the 53 that, or that you think that they're not going to slip through to the practice squad? I mean, I would have kept yeah. Key Harris. I would keep Key Harris over Zay Malone, honestly. Um, and that's not a knock on Zay Malone. I think we... The interesting thing is that, that what they do at practice squad receiver... Um, could be very intriguing because I like Matthew Sexton a lot 
And yeah. we saw him get that first kick return, those first kick return reps on Thursday night. And that was really interesting to me. I talked to somebody basically said, listen, it's just giving guys opportunities. But I thought mm-hmm. he handled those opportunities well. So if you're the Falcons, you have three kind of smaller-ish receivers that probably will all, or at least two of the three would slip through to the practice squad. Because remember, when we talk about this, people are like, oh, I hope they slip through. I hope they slip through. There's like 10 to 15 guys every year that actually get claimed. Mm-hmm. You know, and half of them are guys like former third round picks, former fourth round picks. Very rare is the undrafted free agent that gets let go that gets claimed. Like to me, the right. only guy that if they let go that we're talking about that I'm like, oh, you know what? I would really think that there's a chance that he ends up not making it through. And I can end up being wrong would be DeMarco Helms if they cut him. I don't think they will because DeMarco yeah. Helms always done his play well. Yeah, and he's made splash plays. and Yeah, yeah so like, someone right. will take a shot on him if he were exposed to waivers. So, I mean, I think they keep him. Uh, and, like, that's not even a question type situation to me at this point. I would be very surprised. If they did. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just don't think they have to worry about that. So, you know, I think they keep five. But, if again, any of those guys that we named, it would not shock me if they kept any of those guys as the fifth receiver. Because that play, that player also the chances of them necessarily being up on game day is not high, right? And I, I I think that you were kind of right in highlighting that none of them have really kind of like stood out to me. They they've all been almost very uh, interchangeable out there. Yeah. Like it's it, Logan Woodside's hitting a fifteen yard in route or dig, and it's like all right, which one was that? Was that Josh Ali? Was that you know uh, Sexton? Was that um, Zay Malone? Like, and it's any of them. Like is the right answer. Like at any point, it could have been any of them. So it is very uh, interchangeable. But I, I think that what you mentioned about the practice squad, like I would be very curious to see if um, does journalism like evolve in any way, shape, or form where more focus is on the practice squad and just the interchangeability and the way that the league is kind of seemingly like broadening some of the rules and the way you can like bring somebody up from the practice squad. Like it's just an added flavor and element to this game that didn't used to really exist. And, and it's kind of fascinating because of the impact that a practice squad has for, you know, scout team, but also the activation on game day and just the, the different stuff. So we don't have to get into all of that. Right I was going to say, well, well, since you mentioned it, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I might have a story coming sometime soon. Not exactly Heck about yeah. that, but, but something kind of tangential to it. So I'll it's just, I mean, it's out. fun. It's just like a fun new, like, yeah, again, wrinkle that's added to the whole system. Yeah, I mean, there's a, well, there's a lot of new things that have kind of happened in that that area and that space, and we're talking about certain things um, toward the back end of rosters and and mm-hmm. kind of back end of drafts that people I think don't realize that they should because it, it plays a lot into roster construction and yep. sometimes why certain guys are still around. So it's going to be really interesting to see what all of that, how all of that shakes out, and what all of that looks like. Uh, when it comes in terms of the roster, uh, a couple of the things that we should probably hit on roster was, in my opinion, is yeah. I mean, corner corner is a spot where that's where I was going next, cuts, and it's been interesting. And this is not, you know, I I think people forget that Breon Borders is suspended for the mm-hmm. first two games, so they have they can move the can down the road there. I, I and that's maybe to, where one of those spots comes from, right? That I was right, mentioning well, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he, to me, he's a fringe guy. He ends up being a fringe guy. If he doesn't, but you don't have, have to make that decision for exactly. two weeks. Yeah. Right. And it's not like they have to hold him and then move on there a day later. That happens on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
he goes to the suspended list and then they make a decision two in two weeks, you know, yep. and, and you go from there. And I think at that point, you're looking at the health of the team. How do, how are some of your back end corners playing? And and then you make a decision on Brian Borders. I think he's played well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't have his he, best game. I think it, against no. uh, Pittsburgh, but nobody nobody really did. I mean, also when you're listen, it was him and Natron Brooks that were lined up as starters, or right? Yeah. But they were lined up against George Pickens and Deontay <laughs> Washington. Like, that, and Deontay that's not Johnson. supposed to go well for yeah. them. I thought and, the Natron but, Brooks play was actually not that bad. That George no, Pickens I mean, Natron Brooks, Natron Brooks yeah. had good defense there. He had good like, coverage. I, I mean, I was right on top of that as you. You know, yeah, you yeah, just looking, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you're right there. I thought he, I thought he was, it was well defended, but George Pickens has four or five <laughs> inches on him. And you, if put it this way, if Kenny Pickett and George Pickens can't make that play on a Tron Brooks, that's a bigger problem for Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, frankly. That's a great way but to put it. Good yeah. Defense, Pickett mm-hmm. put it where only Pickens can get it. It was an NFL play. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, Natron Brooks, watch out for him. He's, I like him. I, I, I think he I think he sneaks out into the fifty three. I hope he does. I hope he I does, think, man. I, because again, going back to what we talked about with Jalen Mayfield, Darren Hall, I was like, well, maybe maybe they're sitting, maybe they're holding him out. He played the second half, yeah. and I thought Darren Hall had a good camp, but that to me says they wanted to get a long look at Natron Brooks because they know what they have in Darren Hall, and the fact that Natron Brooks got a lot of reps in that first half. And played a lot throughout the game, but like that to me said a whole bunch about yeah. maybe how they viewed a Trone Brooks. Because here's the thing: if you're if that's a guy, you're like, you know what, we really like him, we want to sneak him through to the practice squad. Now that's the guy you're putting out there late in the second half to get him some run. You want to see what he can actually do in a game. And that, that to me, I, I think they like him enough. I it would not shock me if he ends up being the last corner on on this team. It would not shock me in the slightest. One of the first big plays that he made this preseason uh, against Miami, it was just like a little swing pass and he came up from like 12 yards deep and didn't make the tackle, but he like stopped the the momentum before he could actually get going. But the blocks were there. It was going to be, I think, a big gain and he just diagnosed it immediately and and came up and no hesitation or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's if Ryan Nielsen is going to sit here and say attack and aggressive over and over and over again, like that's attack, that's aggressive. And that's what they're looking for. So I, I think that both Breon Borders and, and the Trump Brooks have, have done well. And oh, yeah. you know, of the depth corners, not counting yeah. Trey flowers, you know, but mm-hmm. of the depth corners behind, beyond that. Um, yeah. I thought the two of them outplayed everybody else. Now, yeah. obviously Cornell Armstrong gets hurt. Mike Hughes gets right. hurt. Um, but, but like I, these I are the Cornell Armstrongs of last year of this year. Like Cornell right. Armstrong last year was kind of a guy that and D. Alford was like, oh hey, these guys are are popping. And now it's kind of the same case with two new guys, which is a, a great situation. Right. To be in. I mean, again, we'll see what happens with Brown Borders. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that that might be as much health of of everything at that point. Like if they're still really healthy at corner, yeah. They might right they might it might be a hey, we're we're cutting you, but you know, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Because touch. you're going, you're going to be on the practice squad the next day, yeah. type of thing. That would not shock me in the slightest if that ended up occurring. But again, that's a long time from now in, in NFL parlance. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. Now, listen, Darren Hall to me is an interesting case. 
You know, he, he really is. And Mike Hughes is also. Because I didn't yeah. think when we saw Mike Hughes play, he was like, he didn't do anything that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when and D. Alford kind of stepping into that inside yeah, spot. Yeah, D. Alford took that Phillips, job When right he away. comes back, like there's, it, it's tight too in, in yeah, the secondary as well. and the fact well. that Clark Phillips, I, I think, is developing at a better, at a higher rate than maybe they anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, allows you some flexibility uh, with that, you yeah. know? So, but it, it, listen, here's the thing, right? They could keep a Mike Hughes. Again, we don't know how, in, how hurt he is, but they could keep a Mike Hughes for 24 hours, cut, say, a Michael Pruitt, and then put Mike Hughes on IR. And my and I keep saying Michael Pruitt, and I feel bad that I keep saying it, but he's the obvious like veteran choice here uh, of some of these guys. Because you don't want to expose a, a veteran who might all of a sudden generate – like Keith Smith in a lot of cases would be that, except I think Keith Smith would generate some interest from teams yeah. very quickly. And someone might say, you know, we're going to give you three million, and then you have a, a, a decision to make. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you you want to if you're going to cut veterans like they did Mike Kwiatkowski last year, Colby Gossett last year. You know, I mean, like they could say move Guys on. Guys, you're going to get back. Yeah, right. I, I think Josh Miles actually. I forget what, how many years he's been in the league, but I think it, I'm, I'm going to look this up while we're talking. I think yeah, he's been it. in the league five, which would mean that you can kind of do this with him, like. That it could be, he's 27, he's been in the league for. <laughs> but of course, that's only I, like a crew. Yeah, seasons. I don't know. I mean, yeah, so I, I you couldn't probably do it with him, but there, but that's the thing too. When you see some of these vet, veterans cut, they're like, oh man, I thought he was going to be on the team. Yeah. Remember, because I remember that last year, I was like, oh wow, I got this really wrong. And then I'm like, right. oh but no, wait. They come back. Yeah. And they all came back. I think. At the end, I'd have to go back and look. I think I hit like 51 last year, but it's hard to do because, you know, because of some of that. So I I don't know what's going to happen. Because ultimately, like, you're not wrong saying, hey, I I envision this guy making the roster. And if he gets cut and added to the practice squad, it's that's not like a full miss. That's kind of like a partial miss. Right. Uh, But that's that's where it's honestly, I don't at this point, I used to be early in my career to be so competitive. But be like, I hope I get everything. Um, I know enough to know that there are so many other things that are at play here. I, I give you the best based off of reporting, based off of conversations with people, based off of my own eyes and being covering this for a while. I give you the best knowledge I can based off of that. Do I say I'm going to be right? No, I, I don't know that. No one knows for sure if they're going to be right. But... Uh, I'm just giving you the best analysis I can based off of of what I know and, and who I talk to and what I've seen. But my, my it, whole, you know, I, like I mean, listen, Darren Hall could very well be on this team. He, he yeah. could. Uh, it would not shock me if he was. Uh, and and that's the thing is Arthur Smith said at the beginning. He's been saying it for a while. I want this to be a, a hard 53 to man roster to make. He has done that. Because the last it's two the years, hardest since he's been here for sure. Yeah, in the last yeah. two years, it was like there were two guys, and you just didn't know what those two guys. Mm-hmm. And half the time it was because of IR. Now it's you can have a conversation on the back end of every position yep. out there. Yep. It's, yeah, honestly, every position out there you can have that conversation. Like Mike Abernathy, 
he's played all right. What do you? Yeah, do I was gonna. You brought up DeMarco Hellams. Like, all right, so yeah. he, has he just surpassed Mike Abernathy? Is that? I think so. Safety? I mean, yeah. you know, in terms of having to keep him, because Mike, you got a better chance of getting Mike Abernathy through and back yes. on a practice squad uh, than you would, I think, DeMarco Hellams. You know, uh, we talked about wide receiver, tight ends, even a question. Although tight end might be the most settled group. Truthfully, because yeah. they've given John Fitzpatrick every chance. Yeah, he didn't do it. And it just, I don't know if it's happened. Now, I would imagine he gets waived he'll, and he clears, he would get put on the practice squad because they do, there is a lot to like and develop there. And mm-hmm. he was hurt for most of last year as a rookie. But I I thought he had a shot to maybe pass Pruder Hesse. Yeah. I'm not buying that yet. Um, like Parker Hesse's a guy that you could say, man, he played a ton. Played like, a lot. Yeah. But <laughs> I kind of just think he's a one of one and they just kind of have to have him out there to make this. It's so, somewhat, is, is but, sneaky, but I uh, think some of it, they, they want, I think they want Fitzpatrick to kind of push, push that mm-hmm. there. But, uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? Their numbers are so low at tight end when you're not, when you're talking about, you're not really playing Pitts much. You're not playing John much. You're not, yeah. the, you know, they're not playing Pruitt all that much because those are older dudes. Like, so your numbers just, well, Hesse, Fitzpatrick, and Tucker Fisk. That's it. You know, yeah. so that was part of it, I think. With that, now, maybe I end up being surprised. But, you know, because, again, they they, they have so much position versatility where a Keith Smith can play, go out and play tight end if you need it. Or Daryl can even line up as an offset mm-hmm. if you need it because of his size. Mac Hollins has joked around that, he, like, teams, other teams have tried to make him a tight end. Like I, I, it wasn't even a joke, but like you know, he's a very physical blocker yeah. in an emergency. So they have enough there that it would not stun me if Parker Hesse. But I, I would be, I would be surprised not stunned with Parker Hesse. And you look at every other position, linebacker, even that fourth linebacker spot. I thought that was a very settled position until inside, outside, uh, inside, inside. Uh, I thought that was a very settled position until about a week ago when Mike Jones started popping up with twos more. Now I think it ends up being Tay Davis at the end of the day, but you know, I mean, Mike Jones definitely is pushed there. I mean, probably that most settled position, like we talked about is, is outside linebacker because mm-hmm. of your numbers. Yeah. You really only got four there more or less, maybe five, depending how you view Kamiko Torre, but he's mostly played uh, as the defensive lineman just listed as a linebacker. So, and he's, been I, right. I, don't, I, yeah. I don't know there, but again, like maybe they go three there. I, I would be surprised if they did based off of kind of the defense they're going to try and play, but maybe, maybe they do, you know, and then we talked about safety, we talked about corner. And then, I mean, your specialists are your specialists that that's been locked up for a while. So every position group, you can have that conversation about one or two guys where in years past, it's only been one or two positions that we're having this conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that that more than anything, and that's where we'll end it is a great summation of, the change that this organization and this roster has undertaken since the end of last season, right? Like yeah. we're coming in saying, okay, year three, this is the year. All right. They made a lot of moves this off season. I mean, you reported the amount of money that they invested in free agents and bringing in, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they chose to kind of invest in their in-house options and Chris Lindstrom and bring Caleb McGarry back on the offensive side of the ball. But this is a totally different group. This is a totally different team. The competition is there. Go ahead. Well, all, all you need to know is this. They have one guy on their active roster at the moment from the last regime that has not had some sort of contract thing done by the Falcons. Jalen Hawkinson. He's in a contract here. 
and he's not a starter. He's, he's got to play a lot probably, but not a starter. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, because you had three really coming in. Michael Walker gets released. Matt Hennessy gets put on IR and probably effectively played Done. his last snap as a Falcon. Yeah. Although you never know if he would come back on a vet min type, but you mm-hmm. know, uh, that, that type of thing. I mean, Matthew Bergeron, once, once he got hurt, you know, that, that was kind of maybe uh end game for there for that. Yeah. Everyone else, like the Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, they've had some sort of transaction with, of extending them, whether it's picking up the fifth year or extending McGarry, extending Lindstrom, extending yeah. Jake. A show of confidence. Right. But, but that's what I'm just saying. That's how much roster turnover has happened in over two years is we're talking about six dudes. Now, Five of them are the core are part of the core of your team right now. Yep. But that's the, thing the core of the team know. when they took over. It was Calvin Ridley. It was Julio Jones. It was Matt yeah. Ryan. It was like all of the old Deion Jones. Part. It was an old yeah. team. And yep. they basically have cycled through in a couple of years. And mm-hmm. we'll see what that looks like going forward. But it's, you know, it's why I, I cackle when people say that, oh, you know, Arthur Smith's got to win this year. God, you know, it's a hot seat year. I'm like, if if it goes horribly, yes. But yeah. understand, like this is probably, I would say, year one and a half of how they're being viewed mm-hmm. versus third year because of all of that roster movement that they had to make. This is the first roster you can sit there and say, this is very much the ro- type of roster that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot were trying to build. Oftentimes, you, you get a new head coach, you get a whole new regime change coming in, and they love to put their blueprint year one on on the team and sometimes that's quarterback change sometimes that's the we're playing all of our draft picks and it's just totally but this took a little bit of time but they've gotten there purposely and you saw and you saw with arthur smith that he's able to be that's why when people like they're gonna absolutely be a heavy heavy run team i'm like yeah no they're not well about that go up two years ago we love to react to what happened last year but it's like uh, look trust me years ago i feel like you know that that instagram account dude with the sign I feel like I want to just start doing that and being like, the Falcons are going to pass the ball. Yeah. Like <laughs> stop with this, please. Dijon like, Robinson is also a wide receiver. Yeah. Do not worry about wide receiver two. Like yeah. I, it's wide receiver two equals tight end one equals right. RB three. They, they are not going to go after Trey Lance. Like, I mean like, yeah. Oh my you God. Know, that, that was yes. the one from this week. It, they're not going to sign Lamar Jackson. Like, you know, it, right. But it, it's you know, the plan. They've, they, yeah, it, I they don't want to say trust the process, but they've got a process. Listen, you know, <laughs> there, there's a process here. As, as Matt Haley, one of their PR people, you know, likes to bring up Matt Patricia. Matt Haley shout out on the podcast. What's <laughs> well, up? You know, you know, like every day, give me some of this. Just sit up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, uh, nice. you know, this... I, we can't we can't get through a, a podcast without some sort of uh, of reference to to oh. probably my most infamous moment in media. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you got anything else before I let you go? Uh, just follow me on Instagram, uh, on Twix or Twitter or X, whatever the heck people are calling it at Mike Rothstein on ESPN Radio. A bunch. I'll be on a Monday afternoon from twelve PM to three. And probably a bunch next week as well. Um, read all my stuff at ESPN.com. Like I teased out, I should have a pretty interesting story going this week. I have one work I'm working on for next week that uh, I, I think a lot of people will, will hopefully learn something from. 
uh, as well. So uh, yeah, that's that's about it. And uh, if anyone has, you know, if you're ever looking for, I'm trying to push this. If you're ever looking for travel suggestions for anything like that or food suggestions, also come to my Instagram account, Mike Rothstein. I'm trying to get more in the travel and food space. Uh, if you, you I think, Will, you've seen it. I'm, I'm very active in, you know, I've traveled all over the world at this point. Just got, I've, I've been a five or seven continents at this point. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. And always, I, it's one of the things I love doing is trying to help people uh, plan and, and figure out their stuff, especially for some reason you eat gluten-free. It can really help you in a lot of places there. So there you also going to pitch that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, as somebody who likes to eat and go places, um, I am all for you manifesting uh, that in reality. We're going to Italy, so I'm going to hit you up uh, for yeah, I've been to Italy multiple times, so it's more for my wife's benefit. But uh, we're going to going to get if some I've food. Been to those places, I can give you long lists. I, have, I literally have notes apps on my phone and I, I send them to people all the time. You can ask uh, my guy, Randy Scott, uh, ESP, uh, fellow ESPN employee. Uh, he went to Italy recently. I can say that because he posted it on Instagram. I sent him this whole long <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited. But that was awesome. This was awesome. Everybody, please be on the lookout for the 53-man roster cutdown uh, breakdown from Mike. Also, that practice squad story. I'm going to be uh, very excited to read that um, when it drops. But thank you again, Mike. This was, this was a blast. And anytime. I love coming on the show. A big thank you again to Mike for joining me uh, today. That will do it for the show. As always, it was presented by Bet Online. Please uh, check us out on YouTube, Believe in Falcons. As always, shoot us an email for uh, a mailbag. We may be doing a uh, pre-season, kind of just before the season kicks off uh, mailbag. So shoot any questions that you guys have to believeinfalcons at gmail.com. Nice and easy. Hopefully, uh, we are going to have Nate Tice of The Athletic uh, on this week as kind of a preview for the season. He and I have been in contact. Uh, I think that's going to be in the works. So be on the lookout uh, for that later this week on Thursday. He has been very, very complimentary and uh, interested and intrigued by what the Falcons have done this offseason. So I'm really uh, excited to pick his brain on this team because he knows football at a very deep level and a level that uh, one day I hope to reach. Uh, so if you guys don't take it from me, hopefully you'll take it from him. This team is very much worth being excited about. That is what I'm going to leave you guys with. Uh, the 53 man roster it was as hard as ever to figure out. We don't know it yet, but the decisions are going to be really, really tough. And that is a really good thing for the uh, the franchise, the future of this franchise, and what they're going to do in year three. So that'll do it for me today. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.